Welcome into The Verge, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles minor leagues. The Verge is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. On Twitter. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A lets us be more creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello, and thank you for listening to another one of our top 50 countdowns. We're here to talk about number 31 in our list, Ryan Watson, right-handed pitcher, out of Auburn, undrafted free agent out of the 2020 draft. And we actually have Ryan here with us today to talk about his breakout 2022 season and winning the Orioles minor league pitcher of the year. So first of all, Ryan, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so not a lot of people, at least Orioles fans probably know, but you were drafted in the 39th round by the Dodgers. Is that correct? In 2016, what was that process like? Yeah, I was, uh, so my senior year of high school, um, kind of came out of nowhere, really. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they took me in the 39th round. It was pretty cool to, uh, you know, see your name scroll across the the computer screen there. And But, uh, you know, I turned it down and went to Auburn, and that led me here. Yeah, what was the uh, deciding factor with that? Just you wanted to go to Auburn? Um, like you wanted to experience a college life or yeah yeah um I just for me personally I just don't think I was ready uh at 18 to you know pack up all my stuff and move to Arizona which is where I would have gone with the Dodgers so don't I don't think I was you know mature physically or mentally for that I just pack up and move across the country um so that was a big factor um of of my decision. But then the other factor, you know, of course I, I loved Auburn. I grew up there and, you know, was, remember going to Auburn games since I was like four years old. So it was, a, that was a big dream of mine as well to play for, for Auburn university. Yeah, that's cool. And it's, it's interesting point you bring up there, especially coming a, a day or two after the Orioles just signed a bunch of 16, 17 year old kids out of the Dominican Republic and Venezuela. I'm sure that'll be a, the culture shock to them at some point soon. But so then you go to Auburn and the 2020 draft, the 2020 season in general, just wild. Uh, COVID shuts everything down. There's no minor league season, very little college ball and a shortened draft, five rounds. Obviously, you're undrafted. Uh, First of all, where do you think you would have gone in a normal, I guess, normal now, 20 round, 40 round draft? And what led you to uh, sign with the Orioles out of all the teams? How did they recruit you? And what what did it come down to with your uh, decision? 
Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to say um, where on, on the boards I would have gone. Uh, being a college senior, you know, um, <clears throat> really, you know, I didn't have, you know, a standalone, just like standout season at Auburn. You know, I was, I was out of the pen, you know, fairly consistent, I'd say, my first three years. But uh, I did feel like that fourth year, you know, I made some, made some things click and things were starting to roll. Uh, you know, right up until when we got shut down. Um, so it's hard to say, uh, especially not having that, that full season my senior year. But, um, but yeah, you know, we got college, you know, season got canceled. We got shut down. Um, I, I kept throwing, you know, just in hopes that either, you know, I'd get picked up or I or the season, you know, college season would come back or something. But, um, yeah, so I, I kept training and stuff, and then I think it was like two weeks before the draft, I got a, like the first call from the Orioles, and you know, I I didn't honestly, I had no idea that they knew who I was, you know, at that point. Um, yeah. But uh, it was it was exciting, you know, it was a promising phone call, and it was really one of the the only ones I had. I had a couple other teams reach out, but it was it was obvious that the Orioles really, um, you know, really wanted to give me a shot. And, you know, I was really excited to, uh, to come to terms, you know, and make an agreement with the Orioles when, uh, you know, that day came. Yeah, that's great. And I just looking at it now, after a couple more drafts subsequently, it seems like you fit that mold that they want, you know, a big, tall, right or left-handed pitcher. I don't know if that matters, but with a hoppy fastball, like that seems to be who they go for in like the 10th to 20th round and just, you know, picking out guys who they think they can develop and, Clearly, they, they thought the rat, rat about you. You worked mostly out of the bullpen in 2021 with Delmarvin Aberdeen, same as your college. But at what point did you realize they wanted to uh, to turn you into a starting pitcher? And what was that like? Uh, were you were you encouraging that, or, or whose decision was that? Uh, yeah, it, uh, well, really, my in my first spring training, you know, they they told me, hey, we want to make you into you know, a starter and that, you know, caught me by surprise a little bit just because I, when I, I signed, it, you know, it seemed like I was being signed as, you know, strictly a bullpen piece, but, you know, I, I did a little bit of both. Um, I had a couple spots out of the pen. So college didn't, uh, was never really up there. So it would be hard like on the workload side of things to just jump straight into, uh, starting role, um, which I was fine with, you know, um, build up, you know, they, they were looking out for me and my health, my arm, you know, they did a really good job with that. But this year it was kind of the same, uh, same kind of thing, be a scheduled, you know, back in tandem guy, uh, to start with. And, you know, I first couple of games went really well. And then one, you know, some, some things happened with the, the rotation that, uh, opened up a spot and, you know, I jumped in and, you know, it felt like I never looked back after that. Just kind of jumped right in and and uh, kept going. Yeah, it was a great year for you. You really broke out and really seized the opportunity. And Bowie had uh, 95 innings about with a 3.41 ERA. And I think John, I think I read in a John Mealy piece that he wrote for uh, Maximizing Playoff Odds that you had a velocity bump. Uh, you increased your velocity from 21 to 22. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's that's correct. I, I bumped up a couple miles an hour in uh, velo between. Yeah, me. and and on on that, like, how much how much do you get into the analytics? I know, like, the Orioles really like to do the deep dives with the spin rates and and all that. How 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 do you get into that? Uh, you know, I really just use it as a tool. Um, you know, it's great, and you know, we all love it to look at numbers and see where you compare on certain things. But, um, you know, really, I think, uh, to maximize it, you just kind of got to use it as a tool, um, and not get too caught up in it. Cause if you do, you'll kind of, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to reach, you know, certain spins and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I check it in between starts and see where I was sitting at, um, as far as the metrics and stuff go. Um, and just it's kind of like a, a tune in, like a checkup, to just make sure nothing's you know crazy out of whack or something. Um, but I, I feel like if you use it as a tool and then just kind of listen to your your body, your feels on your pitches and stuff, that that's that's really what works best for me at least. Uh, I'm big on on being able to feel around the baseball and being able to feel it out front, especially with like off speed and you know stuff like that. And, pitches like that so it's for me I'm, I'm a big feel pitcher I like to be able to feel what I'm doing and uh if I can't make the feel versus the real lineup then it's hard for me to get you know certain things done so uh I really rely on being able to feel the ball cool and and for those who are listening or, or watching that haven't watched you pitch how would you describe your uh, your repertoire what's your best off-speed pitch and and how do you uh, go about, you know, a lineup? Do you are you a guy that relies on fastball early and then bring in the breaking stuff later, mix it all up? Uh, yeah, you know, I would just describe myself as just uh, almost overly competitive guy. You know, I'm gonna come at you with, you know, what I think's my best stuff that day, and I'm I'm not afraid to throw fastballs to to fastballs fastball hitters um i'm pretty confident in my ability to to locate it um as far as strikeouts go you know it just depends on you know batter to batter um you know some days sliders working really well some days it's the curveball and then you know i i've been able to strike out a, a good bit of guys with with what some would say a you know a below i guess average in today's game fastball um you know, I'm not blowing it by him at a hundred, but you know, it's just the right count, the right timing to to be able to sneak a fastball by a guy. Um, it, I like doing that a lot, and it helps a lot when you've got catchers like we've got in our in our system behind the dish. You know, they've got a great idea for the game, and they know how to call a game. So it's as a pitcher, that's a big you know sigh of relief when you've got guys that that know the game, that know you, and that can that are really good at, at calling games behind the plate. You know, it takes a lot of stress off your shoulders as far as executing a game plan towards a team. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely noticed, like, you have a bulldog mentality just from watching the, the minor league, you know, on the computer, MILB TV. Just seems like if you get in any trouble, you'll just buckle down and, and really don't let it really get to you too much. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's that's accurate. You know, I just I love to compete, and you know, when when times get tough, you know, that's I feel like that's when you you find out, you know, how good you really are. You know, it's 
you know, Tim Hudson told me my uh, last year at Auburn, he's, we were talking about his, uh, <clears throat> during his career, like he said, he'd break it down each start into thirds. So a third of the time he knew he had his best stuff and it was going to be a hard day for the batter. And a third of the time, you know, a couple of things were working and it'd be a little harder, you know, going to have to, going to have to work for some outs, but you know, he'd, he'd be able to get it done. And then a third of the time he was telling the bullpen to stay loose, walking back to, <laughs> to the dugout after warmups. But, uh, he, but he did come around and say, you know, you know, two thirds of the time, you're not going to have your best stuff. So that's when you just got to buckle down, you know, compete, you know, be a, be a true competitor and figure it out, you know, on the fly and just figure out how to get outs for the club, for the, for the team. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's pretty good. Uh, so when you you got bumped up to AAA Norfolk late in the season, what, you got like 12 innings for a 3.65 ERA. Um, what was that like? What was the difference between AA and AAA hitters, in your opinion, even though it wasn't a, a huge sample size? Yeah, you could definitely tell uh, a difference. You know, there's a, every team you play in AAA's got guys that have been in the big leagues. So it's definitely – it was definitely exciting to get up there and – you know, to be challenged, to face a new challenge. Um, I knew it was going to be going to be different, you know, uh, talent level when you've got guys that have got, you know, some, some of the guys have years of service time, you know, bouncing up and down and whatnot, but uh, you just, the approach is different. You know, you, you're some of your breaking balls that you think are, you know, the best ones you've thrown all day are getting takes and you don't know why when you first get up there. And it's just a matter of, you know, these guys have seen thousands of breaking balls in their career and they've seen thousands and thousands of pitches from, from really good pitchers. So it's uh their, their approach is just a little different and uh, strike zone shrinks up a little bit, just, you know, not, not a whole lot, but just a little, uh, but yeah, it's really just, you know, learning how these guys approach each at bat and then just being able to use your best stuff, you know, and go attack and attack them with it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And what did it mean to you to win the Orioles minor league pitcher of the year? I mean, you won our co pitcher of the year with Justin Armbruster and, and Noah Denoy was up there too. Three, uh, three guys. I think you'd have pretty good odds coming into the season betting wise to win that award with Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall in the organization. But you guys just rocked it, stayed healthy, and, and did really well. What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was an honor. You know, it it uh it was just a testament to you know some hard work that I've put in, especially over last off season. You know, I'm I'm down here in in uh, Tampa now, working out with with my trainer Theo again, and um, throwing pens over at um, Anthony Telford's place. He's got down here. He's a Orioles reliever from the early nineties. Uh, so, you know, we put in a lot of hard work last off season and, you know, I, I was feeling really good going into to last season. So, uh, you know, I didn't try to, you know, think about it too, like think about it at all really during the season, but it was, uh, it was an honor and it was, uh, something, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, but I want to use it as a, as a building block because, you know, while it is an honor and it's a great, you know, I'm grateful to receive it. It's 
you know, we, we all still want to make it to the big leagues. So, so I want to use it as a, as a stepping stone and as a, as a mark and uh, build off of it and hopefully, you know, be able to achieve the, the end goal. And speaking of which, 2023, pretty good, pretty good chance of that happening here. I, I would expect you start back in AAA Norfolk in the starting rotation with the likes of Justin Armbruster, Drew Rahm, Noah Denoyer, really solid group of starters uh, going to be a AAA this year and in the bullpen. But what are you doing to prepare yourself for that this offseason? What are you trying to improve? And and is the goal to, to get the call up at some point in 2023? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just – I'm working on uh... – I'm really just working on sharpening, you know, at, you know, everything up from uh, from last year. I want, you know, just to shrink the the spray chart. You you could say on you know slider on off speed really, um, you know, just tighten up the groups a little bit and more consistent, especially with the uh, the slider and the changeup. Uh, those are my two big big keys this off season is really just sharpening those two and building off the curveball and the the fastball. Um, as far as, you know, what happens this year, I, I have full faith in the front office with the, with the O's and, you know, when the time's right, it's right. And they're going to make the best decision, you know, that they can. And I've, you know, I've all the faith in the world in them and what, uh, that, and they make, you know, the right decision. So it's, uh, when the time comes, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be ready for it, but, uh, you know, until then it's, uh. I, I trust that they're going to, you know, make do what's best for the ball club. That's, you're making these segues easy because I was going to just talk about this front office in general and what they've been able to do over the past few years and just really build one of the best farm systems I've been able to see since I've been following the Orioles or minor league baseball as a whole. Uh, what's it like day in and day out in here with the, all these talented guys on offense and and on the mound too i think it goes underreported the guys that they're developing on the on the pitching mound too oh yeah for sure um you know it's 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 awesome because you know as my college coach would say you know iron iron sharpens iron so when you go to work every day and you got some of the best guys and all of you know minor league baseball you know in the same clubhouse you know you can you you can learn a lot and you know if you pick the brains of some of these guys and just talk ball, then you can really learn a lot if you uh, take advantage of that and really, you know, use it, you know, to your, to your advantage, you know, cause a lot of the guys, I mean, we all do it in there, you know, we're all talking ball, we're all talking shop, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's, re it's a really neat atmosphere to be around, you know, a lot of guys that are, are really good at what they do and are, you know, really good at their craft and, uh, just be able to bounce ideas off a, of, you know, a handful of guys is, it's awesome, especially, you know, when they're, <clears throat> you're all just competing for the same goal. That's just to, you know, help the big league team win one day, like be, be a, just be able to help the O's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, the 2020 draft was so weird with being only five rounds and a bunch of guys were, undrafted free agents, obviously, um, T.T. Bowens, J.D. Mundy, you, uh, was Shane Davis, I believe, was in your class. You know, it seems like when these draft classes come together, they kind of form a bond. And I was wondering if with 2020 being so odd, was what were you able to form a bond with the guys that came in that at that time? Or did you make friends with some other guys from other draft classes? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we still were able to form a bond. You know, we were still doing it. We did some like Zoom call stuff, uh, you know, bonding exercise type things with the with uh, the draft class that year, um, and actually some of the other guys from previous draft classes as well, just to kind of get us, you know, acclimated. I guess you could say to to uh, all the guys uh, throughout the system. But uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty much showed up for our first spring training we kind of all knew you know who each other were so it was kind of like we we'd known each other for a while but it was the first time we'd all ever you know hung out in person so it uh it was it was cool to finally be able to to see everybody in person and you know start working together and stuff um but but yeah you know it was a good a good mix of guys that from that draft class and uh even you know some of the guys from the previous draft classes you know we're all pretty close so it's, it's pretty cool yeah it is pretty cool i'll end with a fun one um all right the game's on the line and you have to face the baltimore orioles prospect team which which uh what are the top three guys you don't want to face with the game on the line at the plate that's a tough question because that there's a lot of, you know they <laughs> all real well um Jeez, that, that's a good question. I think the the you know one of the obvious ones, Gunner. Does he count? Yeah, Got to be right. Yeah, we can count him. We yeah. can count him. But uh, Norby, he was. I mean, you could just go down. You can make three teams out of guys I wouldn't want to face. <laughs> right. Or, but uh, I mean, Norby's was crushing the ball all years. Westberg, he had an outstanding year as well at the plate. Kowser, Prieto, no, those guys don't like to get out, it seems like. So, I mean, there's a handful of guys, but, you know, I I think since I started, you know, with the playing with the, in the Orioles organization last year with – I started in Delmarva with Gunner, and you could hear the wind on his bat coming from the dugout. And I was like, hey, that guy's got some speed. And he's done nothing but prove it, so – yeah, well, I think the Orioles fans are in for a treat over the next few years as as the as you guys start hitting uh, hitting the majors and, and making your impact known. We saw it a little bit with Stowers, Adley, Gunner this past year. Bradish had a great year, and uh, I think you're going to be a big part of that as well. And we're looking forward to it. And thanks again for joining us on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's an exciting time to be an Orioles fan, an Orioles player. Absolutely agree. Thanks, Ryan. That'll do it for this week's episode of On The Verge. Be sure to check out our Patreon page where you can help show your support for the show and get bonus content, including monthly top 50 updates to our prospect list and daily game recaps during the season and much, much more. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov careers slash USBP. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.